Hi, this is the artist formerly currently and foreverly known as John Seaton, and I'm here to talk with the Enrons about your new favourite song, No Trouble. and welcome to Your New Favourite Song, a podcast brought to you by the Enrons, where each week we will feature a recently released song from an independent artist. My name is Bernard Dennis and I will be your host. I am your host. Today, I'm speaking to John Seaton about his recent release, No Trouble. Hi, John. Hello and welcome. <laughs> and it welcome. Weirdly refreshing. <laughs> yeah, a bit of deja vu. Uh... <laughs> definitely the first time we've ever tried to record a podcast together. That's it hasn't happened previously. We'll no. not speak of any recording difficulties. Let's move on. Let's we're move friends. on. Let's we're friends. Were made. <laughs> We've learned from them. Exactly. And now it's your turn to make the mistakes this week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell them how many times I did the intro. Twice, by the way. Twice. Twice. Well, the first time was almost good. Yeah, I know. Almost good doesn't cut it though in this business. <laughs> That's we know very, that. very we know that. It's a hard it's a hard business. So John, for the people who didn't hear the first recording, can you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from, uh, yes. and what you do in your yes, normal life? In my normal weird life. Uh, all right, let's condense it down. I'll go right back. So I picked up guitar when I was about 14, 15, didn't know how to tune it for about six months, learned how to tune it, started writing songs. Formed a band, band split up, or went to music college in the middle. Uh, formed a band there, left, band didn't work out. A friend who I went to music college with said, hey, hey there, John, would you like to work <laughs> on cruise ships adding covers bands? And I was like, yeah, but did that. Uh, learned to play three sets every night for six years. Kind of got a little bit of burnout, yeah, yeah. got a little bit bored of playing covers, um, and then met... So quit all that, met some of my brother's friends at a festival, and I was like, where do you live? You're really cool. And they're like, we live in Brighton. So I moved down to Brighton. With the hope which is where of you are restarting, now. Which is where I am now, with the hope of restarting my own individual independent music career. Didn't quite go to plan, because whenever you meet new people, you want to go out for beers, and then before you know it, three <laughs> yeah. years passed. Um, but kind of end of October last year, decided to get my head straight and just focused on writing again. And here we are in, hang on, what are we now? Oh, it's nearly been a year. It's nearly been a year. Wow. It's, yeah, it's October. I keep thinking it's like May, but it's not because there was this virus thing and that threw off my calendar. Um, but yeah, we, uh, essentially that's, that's me up to date. So um, I've, I've always written, I always say this, but I've always written, but I think I've never been more focused in making my own music and creating sounds really poncy i'm gonna say it anyway go for creating, it creating my own art i guess well so, nothing poncy about that i don't know yeah i know i just feel really i don't know why <laughs> i always feel really slightly uneasy with talking about art and it's it's normal i guess but there's that i hate that idea of like i'm gonna go deep i don't last time we tried this i went deep for about 20 minutes <laughs> i've got last about two here um i just think that idea of like anyone there's no superiority with yeah. art or music or anything like that like if you're making something it doesn't make if you're making music it doesn't make you on a higher echelon than anyone who isn't but it's just that's my outlet and that's yeah yeah actually yeah. that's the thing that i love doing and i feel like sometimes i feel a bit nervous that 
people think, oh, you, well, you make music, you must think you better be. But it's not like, like, as I said, I say to everyone, stream of consciousness here, yeah. as Go I say to it. everyone, like, I'm a music fan first. I love listening to music. Yeah. Like, that, that is the joy I get from music and creating music is the same as anyone who just sticks on the radio and likes a song, right? And that's, that's kind of the fancy word ethos that I have with, in terms of like my writing. Like, mm-hmm. I've got to enjoy it. And if yeah. other people connect with it and enjoy it, then that's that's a bonus. Like if anything else happens with my music, that that's the cherry, the, the treat for well, me. I think I it, it's, it's not even a bonus. I think it's almost a prerequisite. Yeah. If you don't well, enjoy what you're doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you know very how who else or if maybe not enjoy is not the right word. But if you're not connected to it yourself yeah. in any way, then how can you make sure that how can you you know think that anybody else is going to be connected to it? It's very true. I think that comes back to kind of the reason why I came off from working in covers bands and on ships and the like. I just didn't, I didn't feel connected to it anymore. Yeah. Like, there's songs now that I can't listen to because I've played them like 300 <laughs> times. Like, I'm not going to name any names. Moon River. <laughs> like, when I hear that, like, guitars. I, can't, like, I can't deal with it anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because, because I've just played it to death. Like, yeah. And I, I never wanted to... That wasn't the reason why I picked up guitar. I wanted to pick up guitar to be able to share music or, or just enjoy the, the spirit of creation. Was Ponzi. Um, oh, you Ponce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, nah not yeah. really. By some the way, for that. people who are not British, we're both British, so there might be some cultural references and strange humour that you might not understand, but just, just, just drop me an email and I'll explain things that you don't, exactly. you might not understand. There okay? may be some things I say that even <laughs> I don't understand. That is well, the nature of me. That's the nature of the beast. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, John. So we're going to get into um, the icebreaker questions that oh, I yes. sent to you, um, which is actually one of my becoming one of my favourite parts of the show because <laughs> people good. have such great answers to these. Never, let me say this: I was listening to. My friend who you interviewed last week, Telco. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I was listening to his podcast, and it struck me like the true of all the podcasts. But there's never the same answer. No. There's always a different answer. I was fascinated by him talking about the cure and yeah, um, and, and just that's the beauty of these podcasts. I'm going to plug you now, even though I'm on your show. I'm going to plug <laughs> you anyway. The beauty of it is that you never hear the same thing. There's no. always a different story, and like I don't know for me, like, and I know for loads of people that aren't musicians or anything like that like to hear like the stories and background of what created a song or what led you to do something like just fascinating i, I yeah, don't know whether yeah. that's just a human nature thing but i feel like this podcast really like hones in on that anyway, well i mean over. that's for me it's for me also interesting i mean i yeah. always have from when i was really a little kid you know and i'd listen to music mm. and i think yeah, what's it, what's it about? I was really into Bob Dylan at the time. It'd be great yeah. if somebody, if they explained the lyrics, what it was about, the story behind it, which is really as interesting as the music itself. And, you know, yeah. so for me, that was the reason to do the podcast. Here's such great stuff from people that are almost completely unknown. Yeah. And I think there's, there are some great musicians and great artists out there, some great music being put out there. That yeah almost nobody will ever hear and there are also stories behind all of those songs absolutely so there's, there's nothing you're 100 right there's there's nothing that doesn't come with a story yeah the dream i guess is when you hear those stories and then that song becomes a part of someone yeah. else's story like a song you've written to become someone's first dance or yeah you've spoken of. like yeah you probably never thought that people 
when they formed a band would be thinking about having them play at their funeral. Like they don't even assume <laughs> that, but when you write that, write timeless music to make it become someone else's story, let alone your own. That's to me makes this kind of thing much more interesting because the people who are out there making indie music are putting mm. themselves much more into, into what they're doing. I think that's true. I think that's music that resonates with people comes from a place of truth, right? Yeah. And if you're, if you are entirely independent, then let's be honest, if you're, you're making music to make money, you're talking with you're the wrong, <laughs> you're on the wrong business. <laughs> but if, if you're coming from a point of truth as an independent yeah. artist and you're writing because you want to express yourself, it's almost, it, it, it's so much easier for people to identify with that than we've put a load of money in this person because they've got a nice voice. There's obviously exceptions, but like, you know you're getting, with independent artists, maybe they won't reach as many people, but you know they're speaking as themselves, for mm, themselves. Yeah. And, and like goes back to what I said at the start, just being able to give that and share that gift of music. Okay, so we're talking about being an independent artist. So uh, <laughs> let's see if you're an independent artist. What? Yeah, okay. So as an independent artist, you probably want a superpower. Mm. Uh, what would that be and why? Now, I had an answer for this, which we oh, you not did. discussed before. <laughs> and I, I said the ability to pause and slow down time. And yeah. then they come back to the idea of like, well, oh, that's just time management. Just use a calendar. And then I thought a bit more about this, Bernard. <laughs> And I thought, yeah, however, wouldn't it be great if you could just pause time and sit there for six hours and write songs? <laughs> and six hours worth of songs and five minutes has gone past. Because like, that like would I be really good. Before, like, I love the fact that I, I, I can churn out songs quite quickly yeah. sometimes. And it can take me like five, ten minutes to have something that I can then nitpick at. But... Still, that said, having that chunk of time that isn't taken up and you can just work on your, okay, it goes back to working on your craft, like it's all, I think it's important, yeah. especially as an artist, not be, and I was like this when I was in a band back in the day, but not be, not think you're too good. If you always think you can improve, that's kind of my ethos now as a songwriter. I always tell myself that I can get better. Like, yeah. You're only going to work harder then and, it's all experience, isn't it? You, the songs I write, songs I'm writing now are better than the songs I was writing five years ago. The songs I write in five years' time are going to be better. However, yeah. what I'd love is a stopwatch, just pause that time and get there. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 used to, uh, uh, I used to do kendo. It's a Japanese uh, sword fencing. And I was yeah. also affiliated with the Yagyu school of, uh, or the uh, Shinkage school of uh, Iaido. And one of the founders, uh, Yagyu Sekishusai, had a famous saying, which was, tomorrow be better than the person you were today. And that's a constant, uh, you know, it's a constant uh, drive to always improve uh, and also accept that you will never be perfect, that there's always room for improvement at, at whichever mm. level you're at. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's, you know what, I think the thing is as well, it's, it's almost, it's a lot harder nowadays because I think, a lot of people, we live in quite uh, generationally, especially with social media. I don't want to dig into social media too much, but everything's very instant. And it's very easy to see people suddenly be successful. Yeah. Like, I remember someone said recently, you see the bottom of the mountain online, like struggling and not getting anywhere. You see the top 
see the Kanye's and the Kardashians who have made it and got millions. No, no one's interested in the journey up the hill. No one cares about that. Yeah, not it's not glamorous or sexy, right? But the reality is, like everyone has to go through that. You have to learn, and you have time has to go on. Yeah, pick up skills and learn and develop and get there. Yeah, but it's just not very. It's not very interesting to put that on online, is it? No, nobody wants to see. A Sisyphus uh, pushing his mm. rock up the hill and getting almost there and then seeing the rock run down the hill again and have to push it back up again. We have a very sort of jarred opinion of what the world is based on this very like yeah. your top or your bottom. Like there's there's no sort of graph there. But but yeah. of course the reality is there is graph there. Yeah. A I lot. just think maybe maybe people aren't as susceptible to wanting to put that work in nowadays. Who knows? Who Just knows? A thought. A thought. <clears throat> Leave with the listeners as they listen, maybe on a bus or a train. <laughs> day to work. That's your day, your thought for today. Yes, so we're moving, swi- moving swiftly thought. along to the, the yeah. normal characters. Is uh, mm. If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be and why? My name would be Nonsense because I am full of it. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I've always been stupid and enjoyed making people laugh. And someone said this to me. I was on the phone to um, songwriter today, actually, chatting to him, and he said, "Like the music's really good and it's really deep and meaningful, but you're funny. Like you're you're a bit stupid, and it, people enjoy that. People, <laughs> yeah, people yeah. say that to me. Like I'm, I'm not pretending. Like this is genuinely how I am. Like I am an idiot, and I'm fine with that. Um, and I think like." I don't know. I just like, like having a laugh. I just like having fun and being stupid. So not taking things too seriously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just right. Like um, the Dubai log flume, huh? Because oh, that yes. is the what is the scariest thing you have ever done for fun? Gosh. Okay. So this was this was when I was on the cruise ships. Funny enough, and the good thing about the ship, well, the bad thing was you worked every single night. The good thing was you had every day off, right? So when you went to places like on the world cruise we went to Dubai and a group of like 10 15 of us got off and went to this water park huge outdoor log flume like half pipe one and we were like right let's, let's all go on this so we climbed up the steps to it but about 10 minutes i'm not joking 10 minutes into climbing up these stairs we looked across we noticed we were actually above the log flume we wanted to go on we were climbing up to an even higher one and before we could any of us could sort of back out or say no one of the group grant front know what you did uh it had already <laughs> it's got all your into, fault it's all all grant's fault it already got into one of these basically it's two vertical pods now if you've ever seen the film the fly or any other teleportation yeah, yeah, device yeah. um these two plastic pods stood up grant was stood in it and essentially you've got uh i don't know two inch thick lump of see-through perspex holding you up and they count down Three, two, one, and the perspex slides out and you free fall in this log flume. So it's like a full tube and you drop for about 10 seconds before the before your rear end just hits the curve of it before coming out. And about probably about five seconds into that, I genuinely thought I was dead. Like, I thought <laughs> I'd gone. Obviously, I'm not. I'm talking to you. Yeah, um, you, you, there, you, yeah for the second there time. Was, <laughs> right, exactly. There was, a, there was a point where we just, I, I just completely thought I was gone. And then yeah. suddenly you hit and you come out. The, obviously, the rush is amazing afterwards. Like idiots, we went on it a second time, which is even more terrifying. Someone <laughs> in our group, 
I can't remember who it was. I think it was Simon. Simon, if you're listening, you're mad. Uh, it didn't have the count. So normally you have the three, two, one. But yeah, said, yeah. Uh, don't give me the count. So he's just waiting there for the drop to happen. For me, that's even more terrifying. That's, yeah. But yeah, that was to not scary. know when it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I thought <laughs> I was dead, yet here I am. <laughs> there, oh, there you go. So you're going to talk about No Trouble, which yes. is the song we're going to talk about today. It's yeah. a great idea. Um, and before we get into the technicalities, I'd like to maybe tell a little bit about the story of the song, what is it about, what it's about, and the kind of journey you wanted to take people on with the song. Mm. Yeah, so it's a good one. I think with all of my songs, obviously, there's a degree of autobiography to them. And with No Trouble, it, like, it's quite a personal story. And really, I, I want to leave at least the majority of songs open to interpretation. So I'm never like, this is about this person at this time. A, because that's just, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. But mm-hmm. also, it's nice to have people relate, like we were saying before, make their own story around it or build my story into theirs. So yeah. I wanted, at the same time, though, there's still a story within the song that I wanted to tell. That's when I started looking at music videos and how to, how to tell that story. And I was, I think it was exactly when, I'm good with dates, middle of May, end of May, end of May, I was out for a walk <laughs> and chatting to a friend about, so I don't know, I don't know what to do with this, I don't know how I'm going to, how do I get this across? And we started talking about stop motion um, videos and Wallace and Gromit and Morph Run and things like that, Morph, yeah. And we, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I'll do a stop motion video. And then immediately I was like, no, I don't know, this is a stupid idea, it's going to take too long, it's not going to work. And before we know it, I was I, I kind of have this attitude where, with anything, if I've, if I've thought of it, if I've come up with the idea, I've got to see it through because I don't want to be that person who just thinks of something cool and never does it. Like, yeah. I will see it through to the end. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then we just set about, me and Clive, the cameraman, set about building up the props and, and putting the story together, storyboarding it and, and making it all fit and being able to tell this story of two characters I suppose mm-hmm. the overarching theme is growing up and growing apart. But like within that, I, I was able to create this little world and it was really like a great experience that I never thought I could get with a song. And it kind of, not just the song itself, but being able to learn a new skill in making stop motion video and, and being proud of not just the song that I've written, but how it ties in and, and linking stuff with video and, and, just learning a new skill was like just a great thing to do. So I mean, can you take I, us? I, really a, I mean, take me through a little bit about how you made the stop motion video mm. because yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> it's it's if you haven't seen the stop motion video, stop the podcast, go to the pod, go to YouTube, watch stop motion video, and come back again. It's well mm. worth it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, of course um, you would. <laughs> I am truly biased towards myself. Um, no, I mean, in terms of creating it, yeah, we... So the stop motion's done on a... So we had the desk, the standard desk, uh, a tripod and an iPad with a stop motion app on it. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy. It literally just takes photos <laughs> and then pieces them together. There's nothing too special about it, but it, it stores them all in one place, so... I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. So if something is 
60 frames per second, then one second of filming is 60 photos, basically. So yeah. as you can imagine for a three minute video, like it, it took a lot of, not, I wouldn't say trial and error, but just a lot of man hours essentially. Yeah. And, and things that you, you don't really think of before. There's the obvious things like an arm falling off, yeah. shooting or um the trees in the background blowing over or blowing forward but other things like the light or not moving your hand away quick enough and getting a shadow across and yeah things like that you don't you don't really think you don't think about going into it and then you're like oh, okay right this is going to take a bit more time than i expect so like the whole thing from thinking it up buying all the props making well buying the props buying all the materials to make the props shooting it it's probably about just over six weeks worth and Whoa. that's with the filming was about 20 25 hours so in that i booked a week off work so i could yeah, get yeah, it all yeah. done but even little things like that because you can't do it all in one day because yeah. the way where we'd set up the desk you had light shining through so if you took a 20 minute break break and, and suddenly the hey the sun was gone or you know the sun came out for a minute then you've got a completely different shot and you'll see it in the video there's a couple of times where it's just unavoidable but yeah little things like that it's a lot a lot of hard work but then the payoff when you've done it you're like ah, oh, yeah. amazing. and, and did you i mean because uh, one of the things you're saying about lighting i mean if you've got mm. a pro studio you've probably got a whole set of lights in around yeah, you yeah, around. Yeah. but did you then after you got all the images did you then go and sort of post-process them to make sure that the the balance, the white balance, and the brightness yeah. and things were were more or less the same across all the images? And how did you do that? A little bit. I did a little bit of post. I could have done more. Like you can go back and see a couple of shots where the lights like like goes. Mm -hmm. I could have done a lot more into that, but I'll be honest, it got to that point. I was like. Coming back I, to your superpower. Frame by frame. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just literally didn't have the time really. But yeah, yeah. The other side of it as well, I was chatting to Clive about it, is like, it's fine because we're not professionals, right? We're not professional filmmakers. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, there's an element of being independent and doing things yourself that people have to respect. Like, so many people have been like, it's awesome because you, like not because oh this looks so slick but like you did this you actually did it yourself like yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any experience in videography like literally none I, I didn't study this this shit like i i just made it up as i went and like i think that's the beauty of things like you go back to going on an off on a tangent here but go for it what's the documentary on the the beginning of like house music and and electronic music in like the end of the 80s and 90s when yeah. when it was house music was getting prominent there's all these drum machines that are suddenly being used instead of like spinning vinyl or discos no what none of the djs know knew how to use them they didn't know how they were they didn't know the announce because they'd just come out on the market they were just playing them live and figuring it out as they go yeah and if you listen back to that music like it has that like innate almost caveman figuring it out amateur sound kind of sound it, like yeah yeah that ha makes it majestic in a way like because yeah. it's it's unique. But as soon as you start, I don't know, getting really polished and professional about things, I don't know. For me, it takes an edge off. It's, it's quite like, for me, it's like endearing when I see stuff like that or yeah. when I hear people just going for it and trying to do something different. Like that for me is, 
that's more attractive to me than someone who's spent hundreds and thousands of dollars making someone look perfect like but don't you get intimidated sometimes when you see what i mean you know when you see what is possible with the production tools that you know not only for a film but also for Mm. music and you know the production tools that are available that just raise the bar so high you know, even yeah, for independent artists, I mean, you know, like Billie Eilish does all of, does everything she does in her bedroom, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you think that's the level that uh, somebody like that is setting. It's kind of almost intimidating to really do anything. I mean, how did you get over that? I'll tell you how you get over that. There's a great documentary, not documentary, TED Talk by a guy called Steve Lacey. So Steve Lacey is a Grammy Award winning artist. He's worked with, uh, he's remixed Frank Ocean. He's worked with um, Vampire Weekends, like extremely successful. His first record that went platinum, I think it was, he made on an iPod Touch on GarageBand on his iPod. <laughs> and he did, yeah. on his TED Talk, he talks about it. He says, all I wanted when I was growing up, when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, all I wanted for Christmas was a MacBook Pro. That's all I wanted. And I never got it. It got to a point where it's like, right, what have I got? What can yeah. I use? And he talks about the oh, kind of the maximum, the bare maximum, that's what it's called. He talks about getting the bare maximum out of things. It's not about money, it's about how much you use what you've got to your own ends. Like yeah. how much can you rinse the like every musician wants to spend two, three grand in a studio. We'd all love that, right? But yeah. also Every single musician has access to GarageBand and it's free. And there's so much to explore with it. There's so yeah. much you can play around with. So I get it. Like, we all want to be able to have access to those tools. And I'm sure Steve Lacey right now is in a massive studio with huge speakers and a massive desk. I get that. However, <laughs> you can still do a lot with what you've got. Yeah. And for me, that's the beauty. When I hear something that's amazing and I'm like, oh, they, they, only, they only did that on, on GarageBand. I'm like, Everyone's writing lyrics on their phone. We've all got the same phone. We've all got pen and paper. Like if you've got a, a better quality notepad than someone else, it doesn't mean you're a better writer, right? Like yeah, it's still, yeah, yeah. It's still yeah, the same yeah. basic tools. And for me, like being creative, it's all mindset, right? Because there's loads of people with really expensive equipment who do nothing with it and don't know how to use it. There's also someone with their phone who's managed to put together an eight-part harmony on their iPod Touch in 2015 and win a Grammy for it. So yeah, yeah. You, you just got to make, literally it's just making the best of what's around. And it, it kind of goes back to A, the, a, the video, but like also like, don't take this the wrong way, anyone listening, but like a pandemic, global pandemic and a virus being locked at home has been really good for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, because yeah. I've been sat here and I'm two, three feet at most away from my guitar and about a foot away from a notepad and I can just write. And, you know, it's there. I'm, I've been put in a room now. We were, put, <laughs> yeah. we were certainly back, back in March. I was put in a room and didn't have a choice. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very easy to be distracted by technology and looking at your phone and checking, you know, seeing what's new on Netflix to binge. But when you're put in a position where you've run out of those options, there's nothing going on your phone. Watch everything on Netflix. And all you've got is what is around you to be creative. Yeah. That's, that's when that magic happens you start creating things not because not because you need to but kind of like that's like your innate desire and i think everyone 
has that. Everyone has something creative yeah, about yeah. them. Sure. Well, it's funny you're saying about technology and the, you know, one of the problems mm. about being constantly distracted is you never mm. get bored. Mm. And I think yeah. boredom is basically the seed of creativity. Once yeah. you get, you know, you start to think, okay, how can I, what can I do to, you know, to amuse myself? So, and then you start to get creative. It's so funny you say that. Literally, it's so weird you said that. So the first time I met the producer, Steve Baker, who's worked on all, of, all of my songs this year, I said to him, at the first time I met him, we went for a drink. I said, oh, only boring people get bored. And he went, no, no, no. And he literally said word for word what you said to me. It's really freaky. Make my hair stand away. <laughs> um, he said to me, no, no, no. Boredom's good, man. Boredom's a good thing. Because when you're bored, you start thinking. And when you start thinking, you start creating. I was yeah. Like, yes. Like, yes. Love it. Ethos. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what things are about, man. It's okay to be bored. It's, it's not okay to be not bored. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're not bored, it means you're being entertained by... Mm something that's probably outside of preoccupied which is yeah. also okay you could be in the zone yeah, there's but... time there's times let's not get this wrong there is times <laughs> to sit on your sofa like this one eat a, a massive bag of twiglets and watch netflix <laughs> that is absolutely fine i've not dissed that however that is not you can't do it all the time no, no. The time. yeah yeah twiglets yeah yeah why not whatever whatever floats your boat yeah. I <laughs> Right, okay, so we're going to get a bit into the song now because, I mean, you've Sorry, talked yeah, about... No, 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 no don't, don't apologise. That's very British, by the way, for anybody <laughs> yeah. who doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a British thing. If it's a very British thing. Everyone's not British, is listening. We apologise for everything. For example, if you're in a supermarket and someone bashes into your, your trolley, it's customary that if you've been bashed by the trolley, you turn around and say sorry. Does yeah. Does make sense? It does make perfect sense. It's, you know, but it doesn't mean we're actually sorry. No. It's just kind of a, you know, a thing yeah. to say to brush over awkward situations. Exactly. Right. So that's the British psychology uh, has been, re- has been, <laughs> put, in, been put in its place. <clears throat> so you know, maybe tell us a little bit. I mean, you've talked about the, how, you made the, how you made the video. I mean, did you mm. make the song first and then do the video? Or Yeah, yeah. So the song was the first song I ever did write on a piano. So I'm... Definitely guitarist by trade. I am yeah. terrible. I'm not saying this to be like humble, but I am terrible on piano. Right? I'll probably play about five chords, but I got this piano for free off Facebook Marketplace and took five of us to lug it into the house. But <laughs> it's completely out of tune, half the keys don't work. But I remember I was the night before, oh, yeah, so the night before, I just remember this. The night before I went out and got quite drunk and Woke up the next morning. I don't think there was any food in the house. And I was waiting for the coffee to not be too hot and burn my whole face. So I was just sat down by the piano and just came up with these, the chords that is the chorus, the E, A, B. I don't care where anyone goes. No trouble over my shoulder. I'm heading out on the road. wrote the chorus put it away had a cup of coffee sorted myself out and i, I said before like i can't just leave a section of a song and walk away from it like yeah it's always like ocd for me like i have to finish it i have to come on the verse and it, but maybe it'll need changing but i need a full piece of paper with lyrics <laughs> in the song to feel like a sense of completion 
So yeah, I had my coffee and I figured out some verse parts and, and recorded it on my phone and then kind of left it for a couple of days, went back, added a bridge in. And it would, yeah, originally it was just a uh, sort of ballad, I guess. Yeah. And I was out on a walk again during lock. This was all during lockdown pretty much. And the idea came to me then when I was out for a walk. There's a song by a band called Broods who are from New Zealand. Song called Sucker off their new album. And it starts with this, I guess it's like a synth bass, just playing, playing two notes of the same, well, uh, octave. Got the terminology then. Octave. So the, the lower octave and the higher octave are the same note, going very quickly, going to make this almost like whirly gig sound. I loved it. So I thought, that's what to do with this song. So I kept the tempo is the same. It's still like 74. So it's still like, piano tempo that ballad tempo sorry put this bass put this drum groove over the top and then sent it off to steve and it's weird because it's actually quite hard a because we weren't we were working remotely we weren't mm-hmm. in the same studio and b because normally with a lot of my ideas i'm just i've just got the acoustic maybe i've got the rhythm part down yeah and the vocal and i'll send it to steve and steve really comes into his own in terms of putting a song and taking it a different direction from what you'd expect. But this was one of those that was probably a bit trickier, the recording process, because I kind of had an idea of how well it sounded. It was all pretty much there. So it was yeah. then Steve being able to A, put his own mark on it, but still be true to what I had in my head. He got there, like it took about 18 different versions. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it was a lot... <sighs> I'm not to say it wasn't frustrating. It was just a more challenging, challenging approach to producing a track. Like yeah. I'm happy with how it sounds now, but it, it's it's one of those like I'm, I'm working on a song with him at the minute that we wrote about about five weeks ago, and I was like, "This is one to record." Sent it over to him with with no idea of how the drums would sound, and like he's literally just taken it and elevated it to a different yeah. different place i'm like yes and, and these are all programmed drums or is he really yeah. drumming uh so yeah the drum, drums are programmed um the drums actually in no trouble are from a sample library released by a great artist called bleachers massive influence of mine um bleachers is an american artist he was also in the band remember the band fun they had one song Nah, we are young. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guitarist in that band, but he produced his music. He did Lana Del Rey's last record. He's worked with Taylor Swift. Anyway, during the height of lockdown, he released his drum library of samples, drum samples that he used. He said they're free to use for anyone in the public domain. Do what the hell you want with them. They're here. And I told Steve about this. He's like, great, I'll use my No Trouble. So all of the drum samples in that song, samples from a, a huge, huge producer by, um, name, I can't remember his actual name, but the art, yeah, check out the album called Gone Now by Bleachers. Right. Um, phenomenal work, like one of my favourite records of all time. Um, but yeah, the drums are the, the same samples that he uses. And the, yeah, that, that was kind of it, really. The, the piano that, that's actually on the track is played by a guy called Matthew Guest, uh, an actual, an actual decent piano. piano. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than my clunky, out-of-tune nonsense. Um, so he was on that. So yeah, it was, it was a cumulative effort, I'd say. But 
I wouldn't. Oh, this sounds. This is not at all, Steve. If you're listening, this isn't demeaning to you, but that process was a lot more challenging. I think because of lockdown and because yeah, when you have a producer as gifted as Steve at being able to create his own sounds and pathways for the songs, sometimes it's it's, it's less in my interest or his interest to go down so much of a route but then that's the other side of lockdown right we had all yeah. that time we sat with, yeah. <laughs> with nothing to do sometimes you can sort of overwork on things but yeah look it came through came through in the end and it's uh yeah it's still great to hear so oh there we are right so i mean you know you, you talk about this i mean what's you just said that you've got a new record that you're working on i mean what else is New, what can we expect in the coming so many, months? So many, so much. So there's a song I am probably 95% finished with Steve. It's called Heavy Metal, which we have got horns in for, which I'm very, very excited about. Real horns. Um, real horns, yeah. Wow. Um, so that will be coming out before the end. Yeah, I've got a remix of No Trouble, which is coming out later on in October. Might be out by the time this is out, um, which, <laughs> it's, which is very different, very different, but in a cool way. So I, I don't, yeah. I've said this to you before, but with all the releases this year, I've linked up with a different artist from a different genre to make a remix or a different version. So, oh, okay, cool. So with the ghost that came out in May, um, I linked up with a guy called Jimson, who I met on a music forum. He's like, well, he's hip hop. So he made his own verses up, um, the Ghost Jimson remix. Then for the beach in July, I linked up with a great artist, of sort of, I say folk maybe. She does some electronic stuff as well, but um, did an acoustic version of the beach with Kate Ferris. And then for No Trouble, I have linked up with a guy from Berlin who I found online just making funny sample it sort of samples things from like computer games yeah it was voices and makes them into songs and he, he puts on online and just made me laugh and i messaged him and i was like you want to do remix my song no trouble and he's like yeah all right i was like oh, oh cool okay. yeah cool uh, and so what do you do do you send him the stem do you send him the, the stems or do you send yeah him... pretty much yeah, yeah so uh yeah i sent him the but i literally sent him you know what we hadn't even finished the song so i sent him or like version 14 of 18 yeah. and the vocal stem which was was done and then he just took the vocal stem and, and completely changed it i don't want to give too much away but it's it is called the but so the artist is called berlin stalled with the berlin Ber- stalled berlin what remix. berlin stalled imagine berlin then an s then told berlin stalled Okay. He's got a couple of songs on there, but yeah, his remix is 80. I'm going to just say 80s inspired. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. It's, so it's we, funny because it's quite a dark song. <laughs> I'm, going, no. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to, I'm Go going for to it. Go it. for just it. Spoil it. By the, time... set, by the time it comes out, this comes out, it's going to be out anyway. Yeah. Like, no, it's like, John, you idiot. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's a play on the idea of the 80s and the sort of we basically he's taken what is quite a dark song and twisted it to being really upbeat. So okay. it's like an upbeat, poppy eighties version of No like, Trouble. Yeah. 
Okay, well, well, cool. Strangely works as well. I've just made cool. a music video today as well. All right, I mean, if it, you know, send me a link because mm, I, I mean, will. this podcast we're recording it at like beginning of October, but it will probably be the end of November. I think by the time it actually comes out, so by the oh, time you're, you're hearing you're hearing this, so that song will probably already be out on Spotify, and we'll link that to. I'll put a link down there in in the in the in the show notes so you can you can hear it. To, yeah. I mean, what else is new? What else is what? What else can we expect from you? Let's say in the coming three months. So October, by the end of October, you have the remix. In November, there'll be another single out. Then, depending on when, yeah, I'll, I'll say December. There's going to be another song. I've linked up with three other musicians. So I've done something completely different. I'm not. It's not so much a produced song, but yeah, I wrote a song and I, I knew it needed a female voice on it. And yeah, I found someone online, linked up with her. So it's kind of like a duet, I guess. And then a really good friend of mine I met years and years ago, about 10 years ago, works as a double bass player. He lives in Italy. Ooh, nice. So I sent him the track. It's just, it is just acoustic. Send him the track, he put some double bass on it, and then forward that on to another friend of mine who plays drums and he put some percussion and stuff on it. So hope I think that's going to come out before the end of the year. Um, so that's exciting. It's almost like uh, sort of private, sort of acoustic band, I guess, that I've put together with people, yeah, yeah. some of which I've never met. And uh, none of it's, which it's, I mean, me, you so. sound like you've got such a lot of things going on that, that yep. you know. People will want to follow you, obviously, if you know, to, to, to find out, you know, to see all of this stuff. So where can we follow you on Facebook or Instagram? What's your favorite mode of, of social media, let's say? <laughs> mode, like it's like a mode of transport. I suppose it is. A digital it is a, this is, this is a digital, mode, digital highway, yeah, the, the yeah. internet superhighway. <laughs> uh, I'd say Instagram is probably your best bet. So yeah. at John Seaton Music. Uh, I live stream twice a week. Tuesday is songwriting and Thursday is live gig. It's really fun for me, A, because I can't gig anywhere else. So I get to <laughs> uh, talk nonsense with people online and, and play a few songs. But with Tuesday, with the songwriting, like, it's, again, like, things are opening up a bit now, certainly. Yeah. In some way, shape or form. They might have closed down again by the time this goes out. <laughs> but things have opened up a bit. So... There's a lot, again, a lot of distractions, of yeah. opportunities to go out and not be in. So having every Tuesday, at least for half an hour, I've got to be sat writing songs live in front of people and hearing, hearing those oh. songs at the first, you know, the, I don't know. The, the, it's, it's a very naked process, put it that way. So oh, but okay, the good cool. thing about it is, is that it gives me accountability, right? Because but anybody can join and also oh, yeah. help write songs yeah, or... absolutely. So we do, I kind of do different setups. So sometimes I'll put something out of my stories and say, suggest some words, I'll put them in the hat. Mm-hmm. So there's one stream where I just was picking pick five words out and had to make them all into one song. I think there was Dolphin, Magic, uh, Gullet, Giblets were all in one song. Um, so there's various different things. Yeah, I kind of try and keep it exciting. And the same, say the word ethos again the same ethos i have with like my music like it's got to be interesting to me like, i have to take myself out and be a listener yeah the same way as same thing with live streams like it's different every week sometimes i'll come up with ideas or i'll just 
do a stream of conscious freestyle for half an hour or we'll, we'll take words from whoever's in the chat. But I want to keep it exciting for me. Like I don't want to get the same as being on the ships. I don't want to be bored by, yeah. playing, by playing things. So I, it's always always aimed to at least make it interesting <laughs> uh, and ridiculous and hilarious for at least 25 minutes of people's day. So. Okay. I mean, so, so, I mean, the other thing is as well, you're doing this as a part-time hmm. hobby uh, and it's probably costing you a lot of money. So is there somewhere we can buy merchandise, shoot some money, buy you a cup of coffee online or something like that? Where, where's your merch page? That's a great question. Do you know what? I just don't feel I'm there yet. And that's not a, a slight against anyone or it's not being self-deprecating, but, for me, I don't feel comfortable charging people or asking people for money yet. There may come a point where I'm like, yeah. I've got this new range of merch. But if I'm honest, like, this is going to sound really soppy, but I do mean this. Like, generally, I'm way more interested of having five people connect to my music than someone giving me a fiver. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there may be a covered point where I've got such a large audience, so like, and there's a demand for people to buy merchandise or, you know go down that route and maybe do it's like exclusive i know lots of people do like patreon and exclusive streams but for me I, I i just don't feel like that's that may well change but at the moment like i'm just so like when people message me and say that song really means something to me or do you know how good this is or i've put this in the playlist yeah. and i've listened to it like that's that's payment enough bernard yeah that oh, well that, i agree with that i mean there is a kind of a self uh actualization part of it you know is, yeah. is putting something think, out and having somebody comment and and say they really touch your, your music touch them and yeah, but the other I time the other point is it's key, nice to be, gear is expensive true you know true and, it is i think for me like if if i'm completely honest the way i want to and this is so business-like and i apologize for saying don't apologize this, for being business-like you're not michael <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to say, for me, like if I was to monetize what I do, then I'd want to do that from a songwriting perspective. So Mm -hmm. kind of my, it's funny you say, like my aim of those conversations with people close to me, but certainly conversations with myself about how do I go from being, doing this in the spare four or five hours I have a day to making it my 10, 12 hours a day that I'm working. And for me, like, I just want to, especially next year, like, start making round in not just writing for myself, but writing with others. So yeah. I guess the way that I foresee maybe in three, four, five, six years' time after I've got enough experience and enough songs under my belt is, yeah, to be, like, a full-time songwriter and to work yeah. with other artists and you know, get a publishing deal and, and go that route. Because I think that I, I'm fine with songs being... Know if this is a word but commoditized being made a commodity yeah. at some point however like i'm quite honest in myself that I've, i'm no i'm not there yet I, i'm yeah. not in a position i'm not experienced enough i haven't worked with enough artists yet to be able to monetize my songs yeah and i think in all reality if we're all being completely honest with ourselves very very rarely unless you're super super diehard music fan who spends 500 quid a year on merchandise then the majority of people don't pay for music yeah whether it's hey you might might get the odds 
unless you're a vinyl collector and that tends to be a certain style of music and the, the reality is most people got spotify right and most yeah. people aren't paying more than their tenner a month for spotify to listen to any music yeah. they want and even then that that's not everyone the the rest of the market is listening to youtube or um just consuming music by listening to radio on in their yeah. cars so i think that the reality for me is that goes back to treat myself as a listener before being a musician is well i would music but i'm not paying for music so i don't feel like i kind of have the have the right to be charging people yet there's i'm sure hopefully if i work hard enough and mm -hmm. and put a decent enough catalog of my own stuff and work with enough artists i'll get to a point where okay someone will give me a publishing deal and they'll pay 10 grand for a song of mine or yeah. they'll i'll get a song placed on the next honda advert and i'll get half a million for it but would be nice it, yeah right <laughs> but again it goes back it goes back to what we were saying before about being at the top of the bottom of the mountain yeah right i'm probably not right at the bottom of the mountain but i'm certainly not towards the top yet so yeah. for me to be really honest myself yeah i want to get there of course but for me i want to get there and do it full time by writing 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 and yeah yeah putting yeah. out a, a collection of working your craft you know working my craft and you know being being celebrated for that like uh, i don't know i just don't feel comfortable any other way of doing it i think that goes back to what we were saying before about yeah being really honest and true to yourself like maybe i could down the go down the route of selling hats or you know putting together a patreon or something like that but I feel like I'd kind of be cheating on myself in a way in, in how I want to get there. And if mm -hmm. I don't get there, maybe I'm maybe you will. Maybe to. maybe the maybe, maybe the John Seaton mugs would be coming out with. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but what, maybe maybe I maybe I don't get that publishing yeah. deal, right? And maybe I don't get that song on a Honda advert. That's fine. I can live with that because I know I've been honest myself. And regardless of what happens, I've wrote a bunch of songs that i'm really proud of so but, but don't you also think that the the way that uh, you've got your patreon you've got buy me a coffee you've got you know you've got mm. merchandising it's actually a kind of a um a, 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 a much more equalizing way of you know when i you know when, when you start out you're like you're mm. thinking i get this honda deal for half a million mm. um but in fact you don't actually have to have a half a million quid or euros or whatever uh, if you're getting a regular income from people who support you also a way of becoming independent you know you don't have to wait for that one big paycheck yeah, because true. if that doesn't happen then what happens to your music or you know you just yeah you stop uh, yeah i think well i i would never stop like, i would never yeah, stop well, making music regardless yeah. but i think you make a good point there and i think there's there's always that opportunity to do those avenues and yeah like I said, there may come a point where I let's say I've got a thousand dedicated John Seaton fans who I know every year will spend twenty quid on a vinyl and a hat. Yeah, right? but that's to be sorted, right? And maybe maybe that will happen, but I'm less kind of concerned about building a fan base really as as I'm more concerned about building a collection of songs and. I'm yeah, a songwriter. I don't like. I was really dead set on like making an album and putting an album together. The reality is, I spoke to a few people. I was like, "When was the last time you listened to an album?" 
like, oh, it's like people aren't consuming music the same way now. No, no, that's, so that's very different. It, it, times are changing, and maybe, maybe I will go down that route and consider it, but I don't know. You kind of got, just got to go with what feels right. And for me, what feels right is just working really, really hard on songs I write, making them as true and as good as they can possibly be, and then building on it. And hopefully looking back in five years and goes, going, glad I put all that effort in. Now I've got a steady, steady stream of people genuinely want to pay for my songs. So That is a great way to end the podcast. That's a brilliant, uh, a brilliant quote. I've got one last thing that I want to ask you before we mm. wrap the whole thing up. And uh, uh, the show is called Your New Favourite Song. So what is John Seaton's new favourite or favourite new song? So I was thinking a lot about this. So there is kind of in the same music community and group that I met Jimson, there's, there's these guys called Silent Natives and they have just put out a song called Love It. And I swear, whatever religious deity you believe in, that song has been in my head for about two and a half months now. Um, it's kind of like, I'd say like Noel Gallagher before he went space jazz and kept writing decent tunes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check it out. Great. Love. I love. They've got a great mix of acoustic, but somehow the sort of similar to like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club have a song called Ain't No Easy Way. And it, mm-hmm. it's a rock and roll song, but the rock of the guitar is just on these acoustics that are just rammed down your throat. And it's, it's there's no like grunge there, but it's got this heavy acoustic feel. I can't really describe yeah. it, but listening to that song reminds me of them. And yeah, they're they're lovely guys as well. Um, yeah, Silent Natives, love it. Recommend checking. Silent out. Natives, right? Well, we'll stick that in the show notes for sure. So it only remains for me to say thank you very much, John, for your time again this week, and I wish you every success. And I'm really looking forward to hearing the remix. Awesome. Thanks, Bernard. Always a pleasure. See you later, buddy. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come away with an appreciation of the creative process and, more importantly, have found your new favourite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, the Enron's New Favourites, and you can find all the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button. If you want to help us to continue making and growing the podcast, as well as releasing new music, then you can either buy us a coffee or become a regular patron. See the show notes for details. If you're not in the financial position to do that, then you can also help out by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. That really helps to increase visibility for us and for the artists on the show and will benefit us much more than it will be a pain for you. Next week, I'll be talking to Evelina Armina of Marble Waves about their debut single, Through the Dark, from their eponymous debut AP. And this will be the final episode of 2020. More details next week. Thanks for listening and see you next week.
things got rough No matter where we went 